Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, thus the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. When we think of blindness, we normally think of someone who can't see with their physical eyes. Here the Apostle Paul is pointing out, It's not a blindness of eyesight, but a blindness of the mind. See, the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. If the light were to shine on them, the kingdom of darkness would be revealed and exposed for what it really is, a slave ship heading down to the pit of hell. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the blindness of their heart. The blindness of their heart in this verse refers to understanding, see, having their understanding darkened. It's God's desire we see with our spiritual senses, set free from any shroud of darkness that would be wrapped around our minds. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, the Holy Spirit will enlighten our minds so we can now see what we previously could not see, the kingdom of God. In John 3.3, Jesus answered Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We must be born from above to see the kingdom of God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Well, receiving Christ into our life as Lord and Savior, that's wisdom. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 1, 7 and 9, 10. Wisdom is the quality of having personally experienced God's grace and the knowledge of his Christ. Understanding is the ability to comprehend it. Understanding is the doing part of wisdom. We may know what's right or true, but understanding is the how to do it. When our mind is cleared from darkness and the light of the gospel is shining on us, we can perceive or become aware of the Lord and the correct path to take. Lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, five. We must all forsake our fallen understanding and acknowledge his. Without the Holy Spirit's daily guidance, we won't get very far on the path of life. And quite possibly over time, some may forget why they even believed in Christ in the first place. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 35, Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Jesus is teaching his disciples here they must continue in his light, or the word. 
reminding them darkness desires to overtake them and bring them back under its control. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Paul is reminding the Ephesians where they came from, darkness, but reminds them also you are now light, so walk in the light. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, starting in verse 22, when Jesus came to Bethsaida, they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spat on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Then he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then Jesus sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. I want to ask three questions here. First, why did Jesus take the blind man by the hand and lead him out of the town before laying hands on him? Why didn't Jesus spit on the man's eyes right there in the town of Bethsaida? And finally, after he was healed and could see clearly, why did the Lord send him away to his house telling him, don't go into the town and don't tell anyone? It's very clear Jesus doesn't want this formerly blind man now seeing clearly going back into that town. I believe their condition of unbelief and spiritual darkness was so bad that if he did return to the town, he might very possibly lose his vision again, and it would be a miracle performed in vain. The Lord is telling the man, Bethsaida is spiritually blind, and their influence on you could rob you of what I've done for you, so don't go back. How many people have we all known or heard about who have gone into some form of rehab and when they came out, if they returned back to their previous environment, would often go right back into their addiction? Jesus is telling this man, you need to change your environment or you'll go right back to your previous condition. Blindness. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 11 verse 20, Jesus speaking, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works have been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you. Keep in mind Tyre and Sidon were very evil cities as well, but it's apparent here they won't be as accountable as Bethsaida in the Day of Judgment. Jesus is putting a very high standard on those who witnessed his mighty works and heard his voice, but chose rather to harden their hearts, refuse to repent, and remain in their present condition, darkness. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. In my personal experience, sometimes 
Our physical presence in a situation will expose hidden deeds of darkness. That's why people who love darkness hate Christians who love the light. When I was a young believer, it took me a long time to fully understand this spiritual reality. As an example, many times not intending to expose anyone or anything doing evil deeds, but just my presence at my workplace or even in a church setting, hidden things got exposed by the light of Christ shining around me. Most of the time, I was totally oblivious to what was hidden and going on. Most often, the individual exposed immediately goes back into stealth mode, seeking to cover up the exposure. How? By denying and refuting anything that was revealed. Usually, they try to turn the tables, making me look and feel bad, like I've got the problem. In Luke 12, Verse 2, Jesus says to his disciples, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. So if this type of thing has happened to you or does happen to you, understand it's the Lord's doing and trust him with the outcome. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, and the disciples came and said to Jesus, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. That's why Jesus was warning the blind man he took out of Bethsaida, don't go back into that town. Don't go back into that place of darkness and unbelief. But Jesus also says to him who has, even more will be given to him. Given what? It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus uses the word mysteries, he's talking about the unlocking of the revelation of the Word of God, spiritual understanding concerning his kingdom. What a wonderful thing to experience. We can see this actually did happen to his disciples. When we read the epistles of Peter, James, John, and Paul, what revelation of mysteries they received concerning the kingdom of heaven. We get a glimpse into their understanding through the letters they wrote to the churches. They had an abundance. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. Jump to verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming 
I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, outer darkness is where the unprofitable servant ends up. But this was not some unknown individual. He was a servant. It says he called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Did you notice in the story, the servant himself said in verse 24, I knew. He knew his Lord was a hard man reaping and gathering where he had not scattered seed. So we know he had some amount of understanding of who his Lord was and what he would require. The Lord said to him, you lazy servant, you knew. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. So what is the Lord saying here? If you don't put to use what he has given, his goods or talents, you can lose it and it will be given to another who will. I don't believe the Lord is referring here to our salvation in the sense of losing heaven and going to hell. But he's definitely referring to how we value him and what he has accomplished for us through his cross. And it certainly relates to a future benefit beyond salvation. We see that in verse 21. And the Lord said to the faithful servant, that was part of this story, we didn't read, Well done, good and faithful servant. You who were faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. We read earlier, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Then he goes on to use the image of talents and deposited my money with the bankers. Many think of this talent in terms of money because of this reference. I believe the talent in this story has nothing to do with money. I think Jesus used these references so his audience he was speaking to could understand spiritual implications of what he was trying to teach. But we have to look deeper than what lies on the surface of this story. The story tells us he distributed his goods to them according to their own ability. I find that very interesting, according to their own ability. The talents or goods, then, I believe relates to their ability. We are only responsible for what we have through God-given abilities provided, not abilities we don't possess. All of us have natural abilities. Some are gifted in math, others music, still other science, sports, dance, arts, the list goes on and on. Likewise, when Christ ascended, the scriptures tell us, gave spiritual gifts to us as well. In Luke chapter 12, verse 47, And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. So what is required? See, what's the increase of the goods or talent Jesus is talking about? Primarily, they are the spiritual gifts operating and producing an increase of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. And forgiving one another. See, willing to share with those in need and a genuine love for the brethren. The fruit of the Spirit is the heart and soul of our life in Christ. And our natural talents and abilities, they should glorify God as well. I believe both spiritual and natural abilities working together will bring an increase to his kingdom through us being faithful servants. May we be willing to be taken by the hand like the blind man in Bethsaida and to be led out of any situation or circumstance or place of darkness in our life and not return. Remember, the blind man did not receive his sight in the town. It was only after Jesus led him out. The darkness over that town had such an effect on this man, Jesus had to get him out before he could perform the miracle on his eyes. Jesus had to lay hands on him twice, telling him to look up until he could finally see clearly. That's how dark Bethsaida was, and that's how dark the world we live in is today. We know the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. It's been blinded by the God of this world. But the good news is, Jesus came to deliver us from the world. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Revelation 18, verse 4. Today, let us follow the Lord out, leaving Bethsaida. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow or subscribe button. Donations to A Present Word in any amount are greatly appreciated. Just click the support link or the heart button if you're on our website. To contact me, the email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.